You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I have a really fun conversation for us today. We're talking today with Scott Simons, who is an ecopreneur, folks. This is perfect. And I know so many of us, our hearts are in this space of really making sure the way he describes it is putting people, purpose, and planet before profits, right? So I know we can all get behind that. You're not listening to this podcast if you didn't feel that way. I think the challenge though sometimes is how to do it. So we're going to be talking about business ideas from an ecopreneur. And I think Scott is the perfect person to talk to us about this. So not only does he you know, have this as a a kind of his daily mantra practice or whatever, you know, but he also has three social businesses. And we we really need more and more and more and more people to step forward and say, this can be done and we can do it this way. And not only can we, but but we need to do it this way. It's time for something different. And so in 2004, he co-founded, Scott, is it Padua? Padua, exactly. Yep. Oh, I was I was worried that my Star Wars was coming out there. Padua <laughs> Center, <laughs> Community Wellness Center. Um, also, Desta Black Youth Network. I mean, he's all over the place, and he also has organic corporate health. So you y'all are seeing this profile, right? This is the guy to talk to about how to do this, and he's proof positive. He's walking, talking, breathing proof. So so all of those little fear pieces we have that it can't be done, they need to just take a back seat on this conversation and listen to what Scott has to say. So Scott, without further ado, welcome, welcome to the show. We're really glad to have you here. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. You know it's coming. What are your superpowers? Uh, So yeah, I listened to your podcast, great podcast. I'm happy to be here. So I knew this question was coming. And um, I'd say discipline is probably my superpower. Um, it's, I have a daily discipline is it can be a tough word. It can be a loaded word. So I like to use practice, but my daily practice of health is definitely what grounds my energy, grounds my focus, keeps me connected to my values, those values of ecopreneurship, um, and just keeps me in my, my Scottness, you know, so, uh, from there and making sure I'm not sharing, you know, from my ego or from, you know, feeling superior or inferior or stuck in situations, really feeling of feeding or sharing from my, from my spirit, if, if we can say that. I'm pretty sure I can say that here. <laughs> you can sh- say that here. In fact, we welcome it. I, and, and I like that you distinguish that. Two, thing, two things that were, that were key in your response. One, you, 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 know, you played with the semantics and the, the connotation issues with regard to something like discipline. I talk about discipline a lot. And I do know, but just like I talk about power a lot, and I really grappled with that, what, 10 years ago, taking on, oh my goodness, I think it's more than 10 years now. <laughs> Maybe I'm dating myself. Anyway, taking on the concept of power because we have so many connotations with the same with discipline. And so I like the, the you know, kind of um, softening it up a little bit, certainly not watering it down at all, but softening the edges around it a bit and saying it's a practice. Um, it's so crucial. And, the, and then you reference Scottness. And at the same time, you made sure to really clarify that and say, you know, what I'm, what you're talking about is what we would call the super self, you know, because we're mm-hmm. geek, geeked out on all things superpowers. So it can't be the higher self. It's got to be the super self. Um, <laughs> but it is that component of making sure that that's the piece. And I've been very vocal on a number of these shows and with my clients that that is my secret weapon. You know, I feel myself to be a con- in a constant state of prayer pretty much at all times. And, and, and when I'm not, it's very obvious, <laughs> you know, it, and that's really, that's the secret is being able to turn it over. And yet 
we have to do that very individual work of, of being able to be the container for that. Um, you know, it's one thing to totally just abdicate that over to spirit or source, but it's another to show up fully in it. And I think that that's, that's kind of a, a little bit of a twist that, that maybe we don't talk enough about. Um, and, and so, so, you know, what's your take on some of them? Well, I mean, especially in the, the businesses that I've created, which are, you know, wellness-based, you know, the, the school, the, the community center and organic is pretty much we're wellness brokers for companies. We make health accessible for employees in the workplace where there's an epidemic of stress and anxiety. So it, pretty much it's a lifestyle business. I can't walk into these companies or walk into the school, the community center and not be healthy or be at least on the path. It's not optimal health and perfection, but it's constantly practicing for progression in a sense. So if I'm not on that path and not sharing from that and not sharing from a place of, of resonance and more from dissonance, it just doesn't work. I can't fake it. So um, that's where that superpower comes in and stay connected to my, my super self. I love, I love super. Is that what you said? Super self? Yeah, that, that yeah, was it. Really <laughs> well, and I, and I like the, um, I like that you take it seriously. You know, I remember um, in college, I was in grad school and I was teaching in the teacher prep program. So my master's is in a um, random uh, interdisciplinary uh, education platform. But anyway, mm. I was teaching people who were getting their teaching certs. And I remember at one point I got so frustrated I wasn't quite the uh, um, sage that I am today, but the um, I was a little bit frustrated, and I remember stopping the class and asking the class, like, "Why do you want to be teachers?" You know, and, and I and I had them go around the room and say this, and, and you know, a lot of them were like, "Well, it's a great schedule," and you know, I really want my summers off and all this stuff, and I was like, um, you know, I said, "I'm really going to invite you." I, I'm sure I didn't say this kindly, but you know, I'm really going to invite you to do some soul searching on this because. You know, I don't have, at that time I didn't have our our daughter, but you know, I don't have kids, but you're going to be teaching kids that I'm going to interact with in society. Like at some point, regardless of whether or not you truly want to step into that space, you know, teaching is a responsibility and it's like, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And so I love the fact that you're playing in this youth space and you're owning the fact that everything that you are becomes on display for them. And you can't say something that you're not willing to embody. And you can't encourage them to do something that you're not willing to do. And it, you know, so I really like that, um, that you own that piece. And, and it's not just, you know, we talk a lot about congruency. It's not, it's not just the words you speak or even, even the motions with your body. Like we read energy first. And mm-hmm. if, you're not, if you're not being congruent, we know. And, and kids in particular, they're going to completely disregard you and you'll never know why. Um, not only that, but you're going to continue to send the real subliminal message that it's not safe to show up fully as who you are because they can feel from you that you're more evolved than the average bear. And then if you don't show up fully and aren't practicing it, it automatically sends the message that it's not safe, you know? And, and, and my take is, is that if you've done this work, this spiritual journey work, this personal development work, you have a responsibility to show up fully in that because people are watching. And whether it be children, whether it be your spouse, whether it be just people in general, strangers you meet on the street, everybody's hungry and everybody's desperate to know, is it okay for me to be me? And when those of us who've done this work aren't doing that, that I, I think that it's a problem. Hmm. 
and you said a responsibility and that's i always unpack that word until you know the ability to respond and we we have so much more of that ability to respond to what's going on in the world at the moment and i think you know underserved youth that i've been working with have challenged me to be able to respond in a way that resonates with my values more than kind of any population so um i like to use the word responsibility we need to take more responsibility and and really get out of that reactionary mind that we can get so stuck in that reptilian brain mm-hmm. that seems to be you know, leading so many systems at the moment from the education, the political, uh, you don't want to get into all that, but um, we have to get back to that more responsive um, response in a sense to, to everything that's going on around us. And, mm. and youth really have challenged me and community work is much more than going into corporations, going into community, <laughs> work. <laughs> community work is really what challenged myself as, you know, with the big S, you know, my individuation process, who am I and how can I walk through these doors and, and be, and walk in truth? Because as you say, they, they feel it right away and uh, it just won't work in that context and incorporate it can work easily, but not in community. Mm, beautiful, beautifully put. So, so I'm, I'm just going to call this out here because I have two degree ones in intercultural communication and ones in critical race theory and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't identify as black. Is that a true statement? Yeah, I know. I'm probably one of the farthest <laughs> things from I'm very white from Scottish descent. So, okay. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So I just wanted to put that out there because, you know, you, you developed the, uh, a black youth group and, and I, and I really wanted to talk a little bit about that because, you know, I had my sh- fair share of experience working in, in fact, I, I wrote a whole thesis on how to be a white ally and um, you know, what it means to be in, in in-group, out-group dynamics and power differentials and everything else. Mm. So how were you drawn into that work? Uh, I mean, I guess it was a gift, you know, it's kind of life, how it unfolds. So my my mentor who I met at a difficult, you know, more difficult phase in my life when I was 19, 20, uh, he came back to Montreal. He had left to write a book and he was given this kind of rundown church. I'd never really been in churches before. And uh, I was his kind of like assistant. This was the Padua Center. And we created this community wellness center that was in the heart of what's called Little Burgundy, which is one of the highest concentrations of low-income housing in North America, actually. I didn't think of that. I didn't think it was that. But when I wrote the grant, we figured that out. And in this population was very high uh, black population. So just I just ended up there. I come from Quebec City, which is pretty much 99% white. So I'd never really encountered this culture. So it was really a gift to not only just encounter it, but go deeply into it and, you know, and create a beautiful connection and relationship with this, this beautiful culture that's so rich uh, and such uh, beautiful hearts and so much talent. So pretty much it was, I just ended up there. We saw the need. We saw that there were no services for 18 to 35-year-olds, wrote the grant, received 250000 from Human Resource Canada. And that was the seed grant. And that was, you know, 11, 12 years ago. And we've just been continuing. We do accept anybody that walks through the doors, but the main focus are, are black young adults aged 18 to 35 that have been unserved. And now in 2018, I think more than ever, we can see the, the victim identity that these people are going through, um, the history, and, and, and I guess the help that they need. So yeah, I'm a white guy, but 
you know, some people help cancer victims, some people rape victims, some people addicts, you know, you don't have to be an addict to help an addict, you know, so you don't have to be, I think, a black person to help that community. And it all comes down to human beings that are in need. And I just, uh, it just fell right into my mission, which is to inspire health. And, and I ended up there. So that, that's kind of the quick story. <laughs> well, beautiful, beautiful. And thank you so much for being willing to entertain the question. Um, let's tell people where they can go to find out more about you. So you can go to the website. So the organic website is beorganic, B-E-O-R-G-A-N-I-K.com. If not Instagram, I'm quite uh, active on Instagram. It's organic MTL. So O-R-G-A-N-I-K-M-T-L or Scott Simons 22 on uh, Instagram as well. 22 is my favorite number. So Scott Simons 22. And if not, they can send me an email at scott at beorganic.com. I love receiving emails. I love coaching or hearing about people's health and wellness adventures and journeys. So uh, they can easily send me an email as well. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. We're going to take a quick break. We've been talking with Scott Simons today about business ideas for the ecopreneur. And we will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You've been listening to the Superpower Up podcast. We're talking today with Scott Simons about business ideas from an ecopreneur. So Scott, obviously you have a a wealth of, of experience in this area, but as we alluded to early on in the show, like I, I think it stops people. I think people want to do these heartfelt, passion-driven businesses. And then um, they perhaps look around at the way businesses have been done historically, and they're not seeing that portrayed. And it can create a little bit of a dissonance. So how do you work with people, or do you work with people to help them kind of figure out how to put all of that together? The- that's a very good point because pretty much our the system, you know, the capitalistic system is founded on profit, profit before anything at the expense of the planet. As we can see now, we've destroyed the planet more in 30 years than 3 million and the human beings on it. So uh, when I sit down, especially with youth, I'll get them to, and it's not that no profit. So I come from a, a quite a very um, lucrative and, and successful business family here in Quebec. So it's not that I'm against profit. It's just not at the expense of people, purpose, planet. So when I sit down with the youth, it's how can your project or your life or your goals um, inspire health into the people, purpose, planet? How can you help? What is your mission? What's your vision? How are you giving back? What's your intention with this project? So I think we kind of have to, at this point, all become ecopreneurs or else 
you know, I feel we're in, we're in big trouble and that's just, you know, scientifically proven for, for most of us at least. And, um, so I, I think it's just a mental shift that we have to take. Profit is, is key. It's a form of energy. Yes. And not just in North America, but all over the world now, however, not at the expense of, of, of people purpose planet. So I think it's just that mini shift and hopefully people will see that green money or green projects can make a lot of money and, uh, can make a lot of change and that we can change the economy so and put the eco you know back into the economy mm-hmm. i love that the um i and i contend i mean i would take it even a, a one step further i contend the businesses won't be successful moving forward without that I, I, the 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 world and era of transparency is here and with yep. social media it's just too easy for um businesses to be exposed if they don't have more altruistic means or at least or at least some form of social entrepreneurship people want to know what businesses stand for. They want to do business in places that feel good. They want to spend their money with companies that, um, you know, that it makes them feel good to contribute to. And we're seeing that across the board. And, um, you know, our original business was a corporate counterintelligence firm and we do a ton of advising thousands of businesses annually. And it's, that's to me, it's like, if you're just starting off in business, know what you stand for and be willing to associate your brand with something um, and be transparent about that because people want to connect and they, there's a lot of people that feel like what Scott just got done explaining. And if you're not only that, but energetically, I think that you, you won't have the outreach, you know, people are so fascinated with what goes viral and what, what, what really draws people in. And certainly there are lower frequency things that do that. But for those things that have, um, purpose and, and, and drive that sort of, um, viral nature is so powerful. Um, and there's a lot we can do with it and harness it um, for for really good stuff in the world. Um, so, I, so I like that. So, oh, you, you were going to say something? Well, I just pretty much I, it's, it's simple in my mind. You're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. So, <laughs> I like you know, it. Is, is your business solution driven? Is it problem driven? As you mentioned, is it per, purpose driven? Is it meaning driven? And then. What's beautiful about authenticity is you see companies that are trying to play the game where, okay, yeah, we're giving 10% of our profits to this foundation, but they're, they're still profit driven. So you can't fake it. And, mm-hmm. and you'll know these companies quite quickly. If you do just a bit of research or you see the C level of the CEOs, who's running the company and how are they really, is it just a marketing thing? And once again, as you said, these days, all the, all the fake news or the, um, the dishonesty will come to the surface with all the tools that we have now. You can't, you can't fake it. You have to be it, you know? Well, we have a whole vertical around that. The clear directory is a fully vetted transparent directory for exactly that purpose. And um, not only that, but, but we have a number of people reach out to us and um, you know, the investigators there look into companies to make sure that they're good fits for businesses to align with. It's a B2B service because you know, truthfully, even, even choosing your service providers, even choosing um, partners, investors, like you, you, you want to think a little bit about what you're aligning yourself with. Again, in the due diligence sector, just, just liability reasons and reputation and all kinds of other stuff. But it, over here in the superpower arena, energetically um, anymore, for those of us who play with this kind of stuff, flow states and higher frequency stuff, and um, the, that will, that will, thwart a business's progress faster than anything because you can't have that kind of fear, um, scarcity, low frequency, whatnot around some of these really driven and inspired projects. Um, And that's a level of accountability that 
you know, people have to be willing to step into and it starts with the leadership and and the business strategies and the practices. Hmm. Well said. Do you, um, do you work with companies to make sure that that kind of stuff is, is, is embedded strategically throughout their entire plan? Mm, not at all. I've never done that. That's, that's, uh, that would be the next step for me, but yeah. it, I, I could see myself doing that. Uh, to be honest, after 11 years of going into corporations and bringing health and wellness into these corporations, um, I'm starting to see that I'm, I'm still ahead of the game on the system. And sometimes it can take a lot of energy out of me. So I want to find those companies that are maybe already doing them and, and maybe mm. supporting them in that direction. And then trying to go and convince these companies that just aren't there yet. Cause the convincing, you're just going up upstream against these hard headed profit driven, old school, archaic businesses that, um, I just, at this point, I don't know if that's where my energy would be the most wisely invested um, than yeah. supporting the ones that are, that are, you know, building up in that direction already. Well, I'll be honest with you. That's a big part of the reason why we stay in the startup space mm. um, is exactly right. that because I, I see, you know, what you're seeing that the visionaries coming forward now are usually have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of experience in some profession um, and have a lot of experience in deeper arenas, and they're bringing that. They're they're acting as bridges, bringing it into kind of a different modality. And um, they already know this. The challenge is mechanically, how do you implement it? And and if you can get them when they're starting up, it's it's a far different game um, than than working in corporate. We get asked all the time to to take our services into corporate, and as of yet, we we've we've refused because of exactly what you're talking. I and mean, we came from government. Like there is no more like <laughs> behemoth of a system to try to move. You know, oh. my husband and I met teaching at the counterintelligence special agent course and we taught a class. Um, they, you know, quick story, they came to me and wanted me to train uh, agents in critical thinking. And I was like, no, like, thanks anyway. And they're like, no, we, we need you to do this. And I was like, I'm not interested. Like critical thinking is completely antithetical to the entire government structure. Like I'm not going to do like, that's like crucifixion. I'm not going to do it. And um, they're like, well, we don't have a choice. Like we have to have this course. We know that we need to start teaching them this. I said, okay, but you do understand that it is antithetical to the rank structure. You're going to create problems down the road when you start opening this can of worms. But they had, you know, they had, they were starting to see that they had to evolve. and so. I, I, I eventually acquiesced and said, all right, so I'm going to do a two-day course, but I'm going to do it my way. And I threw in ego deconstruction and in-group, out-group dynamics and all of it. Like, you know, if we're going to teach this, we're going to teach everything from perception, like believing is seeing versus seeing is believing. And um, for counter-intel agents, that, that was a bit of a stretch. But um, my husband and I were the only two who were able to teach it <laughs> because he'd spent enough time with me at this point that he was eat, breathing, and sleeping. You know, he drank the Kool-Aid with me. And so... Um, you know, but it was, it was so profound what it did. I mean, we put thousands of prospective agents through this course and they loved it, you know, and, and as things happen, you know, of course the course got dwindled down and dwindled down because of budget cuts and everything else. And, um, my husband and I finally looked at each other and said, you know, we, we need to do this elsewhere. Like it was a great practice run. It was great to show us what, what we were sitting on and what, what, where we could be of service. But, I mean, we were still years away from the government truly being able to implement that in a systemic way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we went to entrepreneurship and, and we can move faster. The pivotability is so much quicker. The, all, of, all of it's just fun and it's, and it's quick. But um, not to dissuade those of you who are in the professions because I honor the work that you're doing as well in those spaces. It's just a different game. 
Um, so definitely it's, it's different game. And, and I think it's also at the source of a lot of the, of the problems. And I, as I mentioned before, the epidemic of stress, of unhealth, of anxiety on this planet, of a consciousness, I think, you know, one of the major sources is corporations, which also means that the solution is there as well too. That's what I think has kept me going back into mm. corporations, even though often I don't feel comfortable there. I just don't feel yeah. accepted, you know, bringing yoga or meditation. Last week I, I pitched to a large corporation, my conference I call Redefining Health. And in the description, it's written conscious breathing. And they responded saying, uh, we read the thing conscious breathing, and I don't think we'll be able to have the conference in, in, in the workplace. <laughs> it was like, oh my, no, so that's what you're up against. It's like, yeah. But that's where we need to also be doing the work at the same time. So it's that sort of that, that that marriage between the entrepreneur, you know, smaller, faster, but then there's great work that needs to be done in corporations and government for sure. You know, I agree with you. And, and, and my hat's off to any of those folks. I call them the second waivers, the folks that are willing to stay in those environments mm. and do that work. I, I certainly could not, I left government twice, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I left corporate, I left academia, I left all of them, you know, I, I dipped my toe in. Um, but I, I think that what you're saying is, is so pivotal. Um, it reminds me of that course we taught uh, agents to um, feel the inside of their feet and um, as a grounding technique, but we didn't call it grounding. We just, it was like a magic trick and they, they accepted it because it worked. And um, it was like, we didn't talk about grounding or breath or anything, but it was like, we just, they, so they thought, you know, it was this cool, uh, you know, cause the government accepts it, you know, at least here in the States, you know, men who stare at goats and remote viewing and, uh, you know, cold cases will bring in psychics and stuff. So it's not that the government doesn't dabble in it, but it's, it's all in the like area 51 alien kind of UFO kind of space, not, you know, grounded holistic kind of things. And so, and then they're starting to, I mean, the, the, you see it more in the, um, insurance side of things, you know, health insurance side of things where they're realizing that if you can promote, holistic well-being that it reduces costs but again they're only paying attention because it's a profit driven concept at that point yeah. you know how do they how do they trim the fat and 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 create more on the bottom line and they're seeing that direct relationship but but that was a battle too you know when that stuff came forward so mm. you know kudos kudos to all the warriors out there you know doing the good work and i and i honor you for all that good stuff so let's remind folks again where they can go to find out more about you uh, I guess the, the best place would be the Instagram uh, at Scott Simons 22. And then they can send me an email as well to Scott at be organic with a K dot com be organic dot com. Awesome, Scott. Thank you so much. And uh, before I let you go, what's uh, one bit of advice you would offer to folks who are budding ecopreneurs out there? I guess just on a daily basis to come back to their mission, their vision, their intention behind the project, because when you get out there, it can be quite difficult going against the current at times, uh, that they're not alone as well too. They have, they have Tonya, they have Scott, they have lots of other ecopreneurs and spiritual uh, gangsters out there and you know, <laughs> uh, light warriors that are supporting them. So um, find a community, find friends, you're not alone and stick to your mission. Oh, beautiful. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you um, really from, from my heart for the work that you're doing in the world. Um, and please let us know how we can continue to support you. Perfect. Thank you for all you're doing as well too. Absolutely. And to all of you out there, as always, 
We appreciate your loyalty. Thank you for listening. Until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.